Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Welcome to this special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. In just a minute, you're going to hear myself and my wife and business partner, AJ, do a debrief recap and summary of our most recent interview with our big takeaways. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to let you know that people often ask us, What is the first step to building a personal brand? And if that is you or someone you know, then you have come to the right place because we have put together for you a free video short course to help you get started. Just visit firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get access. In it, we're going to walk you through what exactly is the genesis of a personal brand and the six key questions that every personal brand must be able to answer, but that almost none ever do. So go ahead and visit again, firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get started, and we'll see you there. Now on with the recap. Hey, welcome to the recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. We are breaking down John Jant's interview, and I've known him for a lot of years, and so it was a great great time to catch up with him. AJ is here with me. We're going to give you our top three takeaways. I'm going to go first today, and as we were talking, you know, it wasn't so much exactly something that John said, but it was something that he said that made me think about something that we have talked about. You know, he mentioned our mutual friend, Mike Michalowicz, and we were talking about writing books. And it kind of dawned on me that when you write a book, your book shouldn't be an initial hypothesis. It should be a final conclusion. In other words, you don't publish a book when you have an idea about how something is. You publish it at the end once you've kind of tested and tried out your concepts on your clients and yourself and your own business in your own life. And I guess that was just a simple takeaway, but it kind of edified in my mind, oh, that is worth realizing that it's what happens at the end of a career of uh, research and testing. So, that was my first takeaway. Yeah, and honestly, mine is quite similar to that. And it just talked about, he talked a lot about when he has an idea, he immediately starts writing about it. And I thought that was really good. And it kind of seems like a duh aha moment, but it's really more of like putting that writing out into the public. So so as soon as I have an idea, I start writing about it and testing the content. And that's where I get feedback and suggestions and ideas. It's not that all of this content creation happens in a silo. It actually happens out in the open, in the public, with other people participating and help vet the idea. And that's very similar to yours. It's yeah. like I don't publish an initial hypothesis. I publish the conclusion. But how I get there is I actually start putting the content out immediately. I put it out in blogs and podcasts and social media. And I use my community to give me the process of vetting through it to figure out what really stuck. And yeah. I thought that was a really great quick takeaway. Yeah. And it's kind of like it gives you a lot more confidence that like these ideas have been tested 
And people really like it. And they it's like it already. And it's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So very good. It's, it's creating your own built-in audience for the content. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all kind of like your audience is helping you write it. So, all right. So my second takeaway was, I think, just a good reminder of, and this is a central premise of, we have a, a phase three event called High Traffic Strategies, where we talk all about like, you know, paid traffic and everything. And it was just this idea that your audience already exists somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you just got to figure out while you're building your own audience, you need to also be working to find an existing audience. And I think there's so many opportunities for partnerships here. And that's one thing that John has done really well with his whole community. But for you and your business, think about who serves the same client you serve, but in a different way. And at Brand Builders Group, I think as we get more, you know, mature as a company, we've only been around for a couple of years, but I think over time, our team will get better at pairing up our own clients. And I was thinking we have this, you know, we have a client, Ed, who has a marketing firm who does marketing for small business owners. And then we have lots of other clients that are financial advisors and they do wealth planning and they often manage 401ks for small business owners. So they're, they're selling to the same person, but they're selling two different services. They're not competitive. And that's a great place to look for partnerships is who is serving your same audience, but with a different product or service. Yeah. That's so good. Simple. Simple, but really important and strategic and something that quite often we overlook the simplest things. So I think that's really good. Okay. So my second thing, and this is not a new thing that we've heard from a ton of our guests, but again, it's one of those things that I feel like out in the normal everyday world, you don't hear a lot about, which is the focus has to be on building your email list, mm. not on your followers. And I think that's just Amen. So, that's so huge. And it's so repetitive with almost every single guest who comes on our show is, yes, there's tons of value when it comes to social media, but the focus has to be on building your email list. Do not forget the importance of your email list. And for all of you out there who don't have a process or a plan of building your email list, get one. <laughs> find one. What's your lead capture? What's the simple download? What's that ebook or video course or a webinar funnel, whatever it is, whatever you can get out there to drive all of your social media followers to a place where you can capture their email list. That is the priority. And once again, that is a huge part of the truth behind building a sustainable personal brand is having an email list that you can market to. Yeah. And you know, one thing that you did, you kind of spearheaded this internally for our new website, which I would have never even thought to do, but you guys did this, the whole team was you created a lead magnet for each different event that we have or Mm -hmm. like each different product. So it's like, not only are we building an email list now, now we have a dedicated list a segment, a segmented list for every product offering that yeah. we have that's developing. And that's kind of like, you know, if you already have an email list, that's kind of like a next level version of that. Well, it's just like for any of you who already have content, you already have a lead capture. You just haven't turned it into one or you have, and maybe you have several different products. Maybe you have a book and a course and a coaching program. Well, you should have a lead magnet for each of those. Or maybe you have a coaching program with four different curriculum offerings. Well, you should have a lead magnet for each of those. It's like if you already have the curriculum, you already have the lead magnet. You just haven't turned it into one. And that was the beautiful thing about what we did on our new website. It's like, you know, we have 15 event curriculums, 15 different two-day events that we do. So I already had the workbook and the PowerPoint. I just had to go through and edit it and turn it into a simple lead capture. It's like the content was already there. 
It just needed to be formulated into something that people would want as a free standalone product. Yeah. But like literally what you're saying, you already have it. Like I never thought that. And it Mm -hmm. took another person like you to just go, Hey, we already have this. Let's just, you know, make a shortened version and make it a lead magnet. So you, you step over this stuff, even when you do it all day, every day, like, like we do teamwork, teamwork Teamwork makes the dream work (laughs) bait in. Okay. Awesome. So the third point for me is a total nerdy thing, a total tech thing. And you probably heard me light up because I light up about nerdy stuff like this. He was really just trying to get free consulting. <laughs> yeah, which is what I'm doing on every, every interview. That is what I'm doing. But, you know, when we teach even high traffic strategies and there's a section on Google and we talk about search engine optimization and H1 tags and H2 tags and meta tags, but there's this thing called structured data that I did not know about. Like I literally, you know, with you listening to the interview, was like, what is this? Like, how do I not know this thing which structured data is just apparently like, you know, tables and just another way to signal to Google what this element is on your page so that your page ranks for people searching for those terms. And I mean, ultimately, the more I learn about SEO, the more it comes back to have great content, put it out consistently. And then, you know, over time, lots of people will link back to you and links are, backlinks are the currency of the internet. And so, you know, it enforces the things we teach about the content diamond and just putting out content every week, but, you know, structured data. So now it's like, oh man, we got to go through our website and figure out where do we have these tables. And I just, that was a very tactical, completely brand new, maybe not so simple thing. Cause I just, I just missed it. Did you know what it was? No. I'm still not sure what it is. (laughs) You know, like my third one was similar to that, but it wasn't something that he said so directly, but it was more of a link back to some other recent conversations we had about the importance of data. Mm. And it's just, you know, I think we even on our most recent podcast recap that we just released last week, this came up again, which was a repeat of another conversation, which is he who has or she who has the most information wins. Mm. It's like whoever has the most information can have the most sophisticated marketing. And I think that's really important. If you don't want to waste money, time, or resources, then you have to have the information to make the right and necessary decisions at the right time. And those were the things that I took away from this because, again, I'm like, I don't know. Like, that nerd talk is not my talk. And that's okay. (laughs) That's why we have a good team here. But I did think it was important. Just, again, that reiteration of information and data is, like, important. It's not only important, it's a necessity as you start to get into the paid components of building your personal brand and running ads and figuring out why some content is seen and why some isn't, why this funnel is working and why this one isn't. Mm -hmm. Like that is just data. It's just data. And if you don't have a process for gathering it, interpreting it and using it, then that is your next step. If you're doing it and you don't have those things, that's a dangerous place to be in. Yeah, it reminds me of our good friend, shout out to Lee Pepper, the first time this was one of AJ's, you know, clients in our former life was working with a company that Lee was the oh, CMO. Yeah. I will never forget the He's first time smart. we walked into his office. How would you describe? Just dashboards and information everywhere, like on every 
TV screen every, I mean, it was like, you literally walked in, you're like, what's happening? It was like, we were in the matrix. There's just like (laughs) numbers floating around, but that was a private equity backed company, not a personal brand at all, but you go, Oh, these, that's how they treat it. These companies know systematically every dollar they spend, what's working and what isn't. Yeah. They're spending six figures on ad spend every month, month. generating 30, 40,000 inbound calls a month. And as personal brands, the tools are available now for us to catch up to that level of sophistication as these big companies. In fact, we should get Lee, we need to get Lee Pepper on the show. Oh, yeah. Y'all need to brace <laughs> need yourself to for the, the genius of Lee Pepper. So anyways, so we'll reach out to him. So John, thank you very much for being here. You know, reminded us of a bunch of great key takeaways. Go listen to the interview as always. Keep coming back for more. We're so glad to have you. We'll catch you next time on The Influential Personal Brand. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 